You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago. We are on WNDZ 750 AM. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Timothy Johnston with Liturgy Training Publications. And we welcome those who are listening and watching on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month and not in studio with us, but remotely, is a voice that should be familiar to our listeners, both of our listeners. And uh, that, <laughs> that, that, that voice is, is Danielle Noe. Danielle, it's great to have you back. Hello, everyone. It is good to be back. I am so impressed with your... Your new format. I retire from the show and you guys go all 21st century on me. <laughs> I am so glad that I'm so glad that you're going to be here uh, on, on the show with us. So uh, for for uh, those who tune in, you know that our show does uh, we spend our hour uh, talking about and unpacking and discussing any of the various aspects and elements of the Catholic communal liturgical prayer life. Yeah, so today we are going to dive into really exploring liturgical ministries. So lectors, uh, communion ministers, hospitality ministers, all those different kinds of ministries and the importance that they have in the life of the church and the celebration of the liturgy. And because of that, and because of that importance, um, we want to spend a, a good deal of time talking about a, a very worthwhile product that LTP has. And uh, it, it, just a little bit about them here, because we'll talk more about them in detail later. But uh, the Guide for series, uh, it, it is a series, and Timothy and Danielle, you guys will be able to to say a, a few more about the, kind of just the broad description. But it's a it's it's a it's a guide series for these various liturgical ministries that we're going to talk about today, right? Right, exactly. So we have nine books in the series, um, and uh, you know we've been doing the, the the liturgical ministry series since probably, gosh, since I first started at LTP seventeen years ago. We were starting to talk about, you know. Uh, um, publishing these resources for liturgical ministers and they were originally published back finally in 2007 and we just recently revised the entire series so many of them are going now into their second and third editions um so we have uh books on lectors and readers and extraordinary ministers holy communion adult altar servers um providing really that you know that grounding their ministry in the nature of the liturgy um that it's rooted in their baptism um, and then kind of guiding them through the practical, you know, how to 
um, right. do the nuts and bolts right. of, of their ministry, and but always through the lens of the of theological formation. And it was um, it was liturgical the, prayer. Yeah, it was the fact that they have been that the whole series has been revised. That Timothy now that Timothy Timothy yeah. and I thought great that, that that let's let's talk about the liturgical ministries and these guides that LTP publishes. So. For, that just gives you a, a, a sense of our topic, uh, the topic for our show. Um, but but even before talking about the the guides, Timothy and Danielle, let's let let's just talk about liturgical ministry in general. I mean, we we uh, spend our time every month on this show talking about the importance of the liturgy. That it is the very heart and center of who we are as Catholics that there's nothing more important we engage in all week long than gathering as the body of Christ on the Lord's Day around the ambo and the altar of the Lord and celebrating the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I think one of the, the important things, and we've stressed this on the show a little bit, is um, you know ministers within the liturgy are really important to uh, help it flow, if you will. It can't just be the priest doing this um, or just the, the religious person, uh, sister or brother, which may be in the memory of some folks of our listeners where everything was kind of done by the specialized um, or ordained in that sense. But the Vatican Council really called and opened up these kinds of ministries uh, to, to the laity and invited us in to be cantors, to be psalmists, as Todd was saying, lectors, uh, communion ministers. And I know from my own experience, when I was younger, even before I was in kindergarten, my mom was a, an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, and I used to go with her on visits to the sick. Wow. And so that's kind of where I learned the importance of this. I also think it's important uh, to note that they're not volunteers in the sense of, you know, the volunteer for the parish festival or the, the, the uh, chili supper or whatever. It's it's a little more profound than just oh I I'd say a lot more profound well, <laughs> good than than just yeah saying oh I'm available I'll do this and that's why I think what even Danielle was saying this series what we do in our parishes the type of formation that's needed is crucial yeah um, because you're ministering within the body of Christ to the body of Christ uh, you know in that bigger bigger schema let's 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 the three of us talk a little bit more uh, about that so. Timothy, as, as you said, the, the liturgy doesn't just happen. It, 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 the, the liturgy calls for um, various, uh, uh, various functions, various roles, various ministries um, that, that, that need to be filled in order for the liturgy to be celebrated in its, in its fullness, right? It's, it's not just static, right? Right. And, and the, therefore... If this is the most important thing that we do as Catholics, then these roles and these ministries are terribly important, aren't they, aren't they Danielle? Yeah, they're absolutely important, and it, they help, ultimately, it helps the entire worshiping community enter into that four, full octave full active and conscious participation you know if you if the readings are proclaimed well and with dignity the people are able to then absorb the meaning of that message and take it upon their hearts and live that message in the world um, when the extraordinary minister treats the person receiving um, the eucharist as the body of christ that person is going to be feel welcomed and included into um, the larger community. And all of this stems from our baptism. 
You know, we're anointed priest, prophet, and king and have a responsibility to liturgical prayer. And those are called to a, 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 a certain level of participation as a minister. Yeah, Danielle, um, I, I, want, I think I'm going to break in here because ahead. what you just said is so sure. important. And I want you to elaborate on that is that because we were baptized priest, prophet, and king, we have a responsibility to liturgical prayer. And I think sometimes the assembly or we, we forget that we have a role and a responsibility in that. So maybe we pick that up um, when we come back from, from our break. That sounds great. Stay Perfect. with us. We'll be back with more Focus on Liturgy right after these messages. Headed to the fairways for a fun-filled round of golf supporting the work of Catholic Charities in Cook County. Join us on Monday, September 27th for Catholic Charities Monsignor Michael Bolin Golf Invitational at Butterfield County Club in Oak Brook. Golfers of all skill levels are welcome as we hit the links and raise vital funds so Catholic Charities can continue to accompany clients on their journey to greater self-sufficiency. Skill contests, fabulous prizes, and good company await all who attend this signature event. For registration and sponsorship opportunities, call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Or visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219.
Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson. And I'm Timothy Johnston. And we are joined virtually um, by Danielle Noe, former co-host of Focus on the Liturgy. She's back with us. We're talking about liturgical ministries. And um, Danielle and Timothy, right before that break, we got into, I think, a a very important um, understanding of liturgy and our participation in it. Uh, Timothy, you had said, commenting on Danielle's um, note, that when we are baptized, we have then, because of our baptism, responsibility to take part in the church's liturgy. Talk a little bit more about that, you two. Yeah, so Danielle, what I was was wanting to kind of break open a little bit more was that that idea of being priest, prophet, and king, when we hear that language sometimes, we, we might just think of the ordained or we might think of, you know, those other than myself because I'm not worthy to that. But, but what you were noting was that we have a share in Jesus's priestly, prophetic, and kingly ministry because of baptism. And just as Todd yeah. was saying, and as you said, we have a responsibility then to liturgical prayer. What, uh, can, can you break that open a little bit more or... Sure. Well, just um, to give our listeners a little bit of context. So after we're baptized, of course, we're, you know, anointed um, with the chrism. And, and right before that, the priest has this beautiful prayer that he offers. And it, it mentions how we are then um, anointed as priest, prophet, and king. So, of course, Jesus himself is a priest, is a prophet, is a king. And so when we're baptized and brought into relationship with God, when we are made sons and daughters of God, um, plunged into those waters of baptism, we then are, we share in Christ's priestly, prophetic, and kingly ministry. And, you know, like you said, Timothy, it's very hard, I think, for us to acknowledge ourselves in that way. We think of those as um, more for the ordained, but it's really the the so what of baptism. Yeah. I think Father Ron Lewinsky of Happy Memory always used to talk about sacramental participation and ask, well, what's the so what question? Yeah. You know, why are we baptized? Yeah. And most people, of course, and and rightly so, will will often go to um, the theology of forgiveness of sin, removal of original sin, and that, of course that's part of it. But there is a, a so what? It's not a static thing. It just it wasn't just this event that happened in our childhood or as an adult if you were in through adult initiation. But there's a responsibility then that we are charged with because now as as baptized we are Christian. So how do we live those responsibilities in the world? So as priest. We are called to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice of praise. In imitation of of Christ. (laughs) Right? Right. And, you know, the liturgy is always a prayer of Christ that's joining Christ's prayer to the Father. So we were not repeating Christ's sacrifice, but we are uniting ourselves to the sacrifice that he has already made. And so we offer ourselves in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. We offer that bread and wine that is made from the fruit of human labor to become the body of Christ. But also we're offering ourselves, the Holy Spirit will come down upon us, that we will be transformed to do his work in the world. And when we're in the world, you know, we we are prophets. We stand up for the oppressed, for those that have no voice. And we are kings. You know, the, that I always, 
you know, come back to that idea of, of dominion. It's not, you know, lording it over and power over other people, but who is God? A loving relational God. Yeah. And as king in the world that we are to call people back into the kingdom of God by loving and serving others. And, and um, the, so it, the, the church's documents in terms of liturgy always make that connection, right? Yes. The, 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 so the constitution on the sacred liturgy will, will talk about the liturgy um, uh, in which uh, the in in which we participate by virtue of our right. baptism that uses yeah. that phrase by virtue of our baptism, Absolutely. and 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 it calls and and the the constitution calls us to participate fully active and consciously by the very nature of liturgy. So yeah. there you know there's that 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 kind of melding of the uh, connection between liturgy and and baptism. And so bring that back to that whole, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Well, what I was going to say, though, is that that nature of priest, prophet, and king is everybody who's baptized. So when we say, okay, a liturgical minister, yes, we're following the call in a special way. But everybody in that assembly is a liturgical minister as well. Yep, right. Because yep. everyone has a role to play. By virtue of that baptism, yep. right? We, we often forget, yeah, that the assembly is minister like they as a collective body are ministering the liturgy the liturgy exactly and we we just again and this goes back to what what both of you were saying about the constitution that full act of conscious conscious participation that is what being united to jesus as priestly prophetic and kingly ministry is about like when we are in the pew singing when we're responding is we are actively participating not just in that liturgical act at that moment but the liturgical act, if you will, of all time, like what Jesus did. So we can't sit passively. We also have to remember then the liturgy isn't mine. It's not for me to do, because even as Danielle was talking, I was thinking, Todd, about that that prophetic uh, kingly part, is we are made more and more, and we've talked about this on the show, more and more into the body of Christ when we celebrate the Eucharist and we share in that communion. But when we go into the world, we go as collective body. When we're sent at the end of the liturgy, it isn't just Timothy go, that's part of it, but it's the body of Christ go now and serve the poor, be with the people on the margins, proclaim the good news of salvation as the sacrament of Christ in the world. Right, right. Um, uh, Danielle, you couldn't hear us during the break, but uh, Timothy and I were talking about um, how in the general instruction of the Roman Missal, there's that paragraph that talks about how Everyone has a role to play according to their their office, their ministry, their state. So talking about the whole liturgical assembly, right, uh, head and members, and that um, then then various other members have particular roles and particular duties in service of the liturgy, and that's when we that's that's what leads us into the whole idea of of liturgical ministries, the the liturgy is not static, as we're saying. We all have a part to play, and some of us um, play particular roles in order, as Danielle, you said earlier, in order to help the liturgy be celebrated in its fullness, in order for it to be celebrated in the best possible way. And that's why those ministries, ushers, greeters, lectors, uh, uh, extraordinary ministers, cantors, choir members, all of that is then is at the service of the parish's liturgy, the church's liturgy. 
Absolutely. And everybody who's called to those ministries have particular skills, right, that are God-given gifts, you know, the ability to sing, the ability to read well in public, um, to be um, hospitable, warm, and welcoming. They're, they're all for the service of the liturgy. They're all for bringing people into that deeper participation to help them ultimately enter into relationship with God and to help as modeling modeling for others you know what it means to serve God mm. and hopefully inspire the rest of the assembly as you said Timothy collectively to leave that we are then all called to serve in the world however that might be but it's always about using our gifts yeah yeah which which is what I think can help distinguish between that idea, Timothy, you raised in the last segment, mm -hmm. the difference between uh, ministry and volunteer, yeah. volunteerism. So many, I think there are, there are so many um, ministers in our parishes who don't, don't see themselves as ministers. They see themselves more as volunteers. Oh, I, I help out. I read, uh, yeah. or, you know, I, I help out and, and uh, I usher. Well, it's, it, no, it's it's so much more than that. It it is ministry, um, and and it's 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 something that that we are all called to. And as Danielle, you said, uh, using our particular gifts that are different for each and every one of us. Yeah, I think it's important that what you're saying, Todd, is that and, and and Danielle, you you alluded to this in in the sense that we are called into this ministry, and that might be by the pastor, it might be by the mus music minister, it might be the person sitting next to you in the pew who says, "Wow, you have a great voice. You should join the yeah. choir." <laughs> yeah, that is an invitation at least to discern the call into a more uh, this more unique way of ministering at the liturgy. I think it's also important to note, uh, once you've discerned that, because I, I'm, this is on my mind only because this past Sunday at the parish I was assisting at, uh, they got up. There's four masses at this parish on the weekend. They only have 60 ministers on the roster. And they're, they're, they're sort of begging, and I, know I say that lightly. I don't—I mean, it's an important thing. But, but they're, they're trying to get more people involved. And I, I, I said to one of the individuals, I said, well, we have to take a step back. Like, we have to educate people or form them to understand their role as ministers in the assembly first, because otherwise they're never going to see their place here. Um, the, my other comment around that is oftentimes volunteer attitudes, at least what I've encountered, which could be good or negative depending on the situation, is that it's my ministry. Ah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the way I do it. Uh, and, <laughs> no. yeah. and that is not at all what this this is this is not your ministry it is a, a gift a grace to be invited into this particular thing and maybe you do it for a few years and then you take a step back and then come back at some other point um maybe it is a, a long time commitment uh but in any case because i've met ministers who have been doing it for 20 30 years and they're like well this is just the way it is as you said todd yeah and, or they, they there will be no change because it is theirs. I have the ten o'clock mass on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's not at the service of the community or or the or the community's liturgy. Yeah, or, or the church's liturgy. It's about transparency. I think is is a good point with that. You know, because <laughs> I know that like with music ministry, you know, I always canter this psalm, right? <laughs> and like you said, it's not my psalm. Or you know, when when you know, I've been a canter for many many years, but 
you know, in in the context of liturgy and ministry, I'm I'm not a performer. You know, I shouldn't be drawing attention to myself, to the voice. Yes, I need to use that voice so that the psalm is articulated clearly, people understand it. We have to sing in tune and well so that it's not distracting, but I'm not performing. Yeah, right. Um, there's a fine line between prayer and performance because you need to hone those skills, right? We need to be trained and formed and do it well. But ultimately, it's not about drawing attention to myself. It's. I think that's actually when people say, oh, you led me. I prayed so much better. Th that's the best compliment a minister can have rather than, oh, you did that really well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right? or the clapping at the end of the liturgy yeah. <laughs> because the music was so well. It drives me up the wall. <laughs> the, um, the, the, other, the other part of that, that that we made mention of, it's, um, it, it, so it's ministry, it's not volunteerism, but also it's ministry, it's not uh, an award. It, it's it's not you know it, it's not a promotion. Um, it, it it's it's not something um, that you get because you are superior in some way. That's I think that's important to note too. Yeah, I mean I think it, it, it's because it, it's easy to get into that mindset. I mean we're we're human in that sense. Like we can just be like, oh well, I deserve this. Yes, yeah, yeah, I deserve this. I've given Perfect. so much money to the parish, or. I've been a member of the parish council for so long. I, those aren't the best examples, but those are kinds of things that might happen. I, I also know that most people that are doing liturgical ministry um, are doing it with the best intentions in their, their heart and I mind. Believe, I believe so too. And so that's one of the things that we as parish ministers, like if you're responsible for coordinating a ministry, that type of formation is so important because it helps draw them deeper into and out of maybe their attitude of volunteering, which they may not even know the difference of, right? Right. Or this this idea of reward. So we form, do the formation to draw them into what the ministry really is about more deeply, and they <clears throat> grow to have a deeper appreciation of it. That formation aspect is so important, and of course, that's kind of at the heart of our topic, right? Because in the second half of the show, we, yeah. will, we will get to these wonderful resources for formation, but before that just that general idea that we if 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 this is something we're called to then we need to be formed in that ministry right danielle right absolutely and and it's you know that formation is on many different levels on you know the nature of their role and even practically you know when things change in the liturgy it it's very um hard for people I think to accept and even yeah. when you're changing things according to the rubrics mm -hmm. it, you, we shouldn't be saying well we're just doing it because you should always give a basis for why and that gives an opportunity to explain you know this is what the church teaches this is what we're called to do this is why we do things this way versus what people may have been used to doing you know a simple change of you know maybe it's been the parish practice to sing the psalm from a cantor stand, but moving to the ambo. And why do we do that? What does the ambo symbolize? Why is it a proper place for the proclamation of the word? Mm -hmm. And helping people understand, you know, the nature of the liturgy um, more fully and how their role supports that. And and I suppose, like we were talking about the difference between uh, volunteer and ministry, I suppose we could also talk uh, along the lines of the difference between formation and training 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's so so what we're talking about here in terms of forming liturgical ministers, it's it's so much more than just training how to do a specific action, right? Right. It's right. more than just the nuts and the bolts. Um, but that formation needs to be m- more than just the practical. What yeah. other what other what other elements? Then are 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 part of formation as opposed to just training. Boy, there's so many things we could talk about here. <laughs> um, I'm just going to give ex- example um, that w- you know when I was in Salt Lake City in the worship office there, every minister in the diocese had to be formed through the worship office, and they were certified or whatever we called it for three years, and then they had to go through a different program. But what we didn't do is the practical part mostly because that was where do you stand. How do you use a purificator? What we were doing was breaking open scripture. We were breaking open where this ministry appears, whether it be in scripture or in church documents, and really diving in uh, to what does it mean to be a person who feeds another the body and blood of Christ, not just in the liturgy, liturgical setting, but in the world. What does it mean that you call people to be uh, livers of the, or doers of the word? That's the word I want. You know, so really getting and grappling with the heart of the matter and not just here's where you stand, here's the lectionary and that, that kind of stuff. But That's the kind of formation I think, yeah, that we want to talk about. We'll do that when we come back from this break. So stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, 
the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, the second half of our hour. If you're just joining us, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications. And with us today, uh, we have our guest, Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications as well. She's joining us virtually. Danielle and Timothy, after uh, leading into that break, we started talking about just such a key element to liturgical ministry, and that is the formation. Um, and and that's LTP has always, <laughs> Liturgy Training Publications, an agency of the Archdiocese of Chicago, it was born out of the need for forming priests and deacons and then lay ministers uh, who serve the liturgy in the parishes of our archdiocese. Th- th- that's how it was born, and now obviously it um, ministers to uh, not just Chicago, but the the whole country and indeed the world. Um, and th- that formation aspect is what is um, caught, I think, so well in, in the Guide for series. Well, you know, as you've been saying, Todd, about stressing the difference between training and formation and stressing the importance of formation, um, the uh, the books in the series, of course, do provide the practical training, the nuts and bolts. But more importantly, it provides a context of liturgical prayer, and it gives the um, the ministers the opportunity to come together um, as a group of ministers um, and reflect upon the nature of the liturgy. Um, you know, it's it's really, in a sense, it's, it's mystagogical formation, right, to open the mysteries, to unpack everything. Um, and when we revised it, um, as I said earlier in the show, the, the series originally came out in 2007. And so when editorial was discussing um, the, the uh, revisions that we were going to make, we realized one of the, the flaws in the original series was that it made the presumption that everybody had that basic liturgical formation of understanding, you know, what is liturgy? Why do we gather for prayer? Why is it the most important thing that we do um, for on each week? What um, is what is liturgy you know, and what is liturgy not? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And, you know, how does it change us? How does it form us? Um, Pope Francis says that the liturgy is the first catechism, right? So, you know, what we pray is what we believe in, how we live. So it really opens up 
um, that nature, that idea. And so every book in the series begins with that question. What is the liturgy? Yeah. So chapter one is brand new, um, but it get, and with concludes with discussions for reflection um, so that you can do it, you know, on your own or with a group, but really breaking open, you know, what is the nature of the liturgy? So once again, the, 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 this series, um, I, I've, I call it the guide for series because that's the title of them, the guide for lectors, a guide for extraordinary ministers, guide for ushers and greeters, but it's, it's technically it's the liturgical ministry series, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And exactly. so, and so again, just for the just for the listener, these are guides, manuals, if you will, for all of these various liturgical ministries. And you said earlier that there are nine. What? What? Mm-hmm. What? What? what there, that includes which ministries? Sure. So we have guide for lectors and readers, um, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, um, cantors, uh, music ministers. Um, guide for liturgy committees, sacristans, um, adult servers, ministers of the liturgical environment, and then ushers, greeters, and hospitality ministers. Um, as you can see on the screen, they every English edition has been translated into Spanish. And that is so um, key. I think that is so important in um, our country. Uh, that, that, is a, that is such a great service. So both... Both uh, um, languages, English and Spanish, these Mm -hmm. are available in. Mm -hmm. And you can see from the covers, you know, we're very careful in how we select images for books. And we've really tried to respect um, the diverse cultures of our country. Um, and show various ethnicities with the cover, the cover photos and the interior photos. The interior photos are also, um, they're instructive in their nature. So we're always highlighting um, best practice with the images. And, you know, these, these books are, are, are strongly rooted in scripture and the documents of the church. So we do provide whether a reference to a particular document or the quote itself to, to really ground people in, in the teachings of the church. Um, every book, of course, we, as I said, what begins with the question, what is liturgy? There's always a theological and historical chapter. So how did this ministry develop over the years, especially after the council, um, which expanded the use of um, lay ministers in the liturgy um, and always has um, uh, frequently asked questions um, chapter. You know, one of the basic questions for extraordinary ministers, well, you know, what do I do if I drop the host? What what happens? So, you know, helping them go through some of those practical issues. Um, we've also added, well, it was in the original edition, but we, we've had them newly written, um, a spirituality chapter, which is so important. It's part of our formation as liturgical ministers to not only understand, you know, break open the nature of the liturgy, but how do I live it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's more than just proclaiming the scripture on on Sunday morning or another liturgy. But how am I, I how am I living the the liturgy in our life? Do I read the Bible frequently um, on my own? And and how am I connecting that experience to my life of service in how I treat other people, for example? Or, or am I called to do particular um 
ministries outside of the liturgy and always connecting it. Todd, you always ask that question when we talked about the liturgical year on on the radio of around what do we order our lives? Yeah. And as a Christian, we always should say Christ. So how how am I ordering my life around the liturgy, specifically the liturgical year? in our day-to-day life. So that chapter really helps people break that open. And they've all been written specifically to the minister itself themselves so that, you know, as an extraordinary minister of really breaking open the nature of, of the Eucharist and the Eucharist as a call to justice and, and, and being Eucharistic people in the world. Um, and see, I think that's what is so key to the difference between formation and training. So mm-hmm. th- these, these guides not they they don't just give the nuts and the bolts the but even before that and that's that's one of the yeah. things i love so much about it and that's why we use these guides in the archdiocese of chicago over the last couple of years we've been trying to focus uh training for lectors or for extraordinary ministers of communion for cantors um, uh, according to these, and asking that any training in the archdiocese use these guides, because we want to make sure that all ministers are receiving the same information, and this is so solid. All of them start out, that's the very first part, as Danielle, you said, it, it's the theological uh, and spiritual reflection on the ministry way before it even gets to the practical, yeah. nuts, nuts and bolts things. It first starts with that theology and spirituality, which is, is so key. One, one of my dream, and, oh. dreams in the world um, have been, because I think this is a great series that uh, y- obviously you can use individually, but one of my dreams is that lectors or extraordinary ministers would gather maybe quarterly as a group, even if it's just for an hour or two hours, to share, like Danielle was even saying, that liturgical spirituality piece, how have you lived out your ministry over the last several months? Or what challenges have you faced? And the, and the ministry group becomes kind of a, um, I mean, it's a peer group, ultimately, right. where you get to, to process and break open. You get to do theological reflection, not only on the ministry you're doing in the Mass um, or the Liturgy of the Hours, if you're lecturing there, um, but outside in the world. You know, uh, there are parishes, Danielle and Timothy, there are parishes uh, I know of in the archdiocese that do that. They gather their ministers on a regular basis, periodic basis, yeah. for just that, for faith sharing, for continued ministry development, for continued faith development. Yeah. So if, if any of our lectors, here before coming up on a, our, our last break, but for any of our listeners who are lectors or who are extraordinary ministers, uh, who are cantors or choir members or ushers and greeters and hospitality men? Do you gather as uh, 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 fellow ministers? And if you don't, maybe you can suggest that to your coordinator. Um, the benefits, and, and again, if, if you yeah. weren't trained with them, these guides would be excellent material around which to gather your ministers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the idea of gathering together as uh, as a group of liturgical ministers and reflecting on on the theological nature of the liturgy and how we're called to to participate in that. And these books are a great opportunity. And you can always end those gatherings with the blessing and commissioning of liturgical ministers. So doing it at, you know, I mean, we tend to do a, a school year model. Um, with the new training of liturgical ministers. So when you're doing that initial training in the beginning of the year, you know, gather as a group first, talk about the liturgy, reflect on it, and then offer the blessing and commissioning at the end. 
I mean, there there are so many ways that they can be that these guides can be used, and 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 so many ways that ministers can benefit from them, um, and and that sharing that that's that's what can take us deeper and deeper and deeper into an understanding of the liturgy and the ministries within it. We'll pick it up there when we come back from this final break. So stay with us. More focus on the liturgy after these messages. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Are you looking for quality, affordable childcare at this back to school time of year? Look no further than Catholic Charities Child Development Centers. We have two locations conveniently located in Berwyn and Summit offering before and after school care as well as full day childcare. Each center offers a safe, welcoming environment where children receive a nutritious breakfast, lunch, and snack while participating in a creative, age-appropriate curriculum that is challenging and fun. Preschoolers enjoy art, music, literature, and computer activities, while our school-age program includes homework help, art, sports, music, field trips, and more. Catholic Charity staff members are highly qualified, caring people who want the very best for every child. Our child care centers are especially popular with working parents. Enroll your child today. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash child development or call 312-636-5398. That's 312-636-5398. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about liturgical ministries, and in the second half of the show, we've been focusing on the um, liturgical ministry series, a series of guides 
published by our own LTP, Liturgy Training Publications, here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. They've recently been revised, um, and uh, as, as we've said, there are, are nine books in the series, and they are all what they say they are. They are guides for those who are um, preparing for the ministry or who have been in the ministry. So the guide for lectors, a guide for extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, a guide for uh, Art and Environment Committee members, a guide for liturgy committees. So uh, Danielle and and Timothy, um, just in in terms of uh, um, the ministry itself, Danielle, we were talking during the break. Any of our listeners, if uh, if you are a, uh, a regular participant, if you are a, a, a um, you know an active member in your parish, and you are are not a, a minister in the liturgy, it might be something that you that you would consider. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, oh, go ahead, Danielle. Go ahead, Timothy. Oh, okay. Well, you know, one of the good things about these books is that if you are new to the ministry, or even if you've been serving for a while. You know, these books are, you know, they're always helpful tools. They're good refreshers. They're good at, like you said, Todd, if you're really, if you've been thinking about, you know, I'd really like to serve in the liturgy. I have this particular gift. Is this, is this something that I, I think I could do? And Timothy, earlier in the show, you mentioned how discernment is really important um, and helping, you know, to figure out if you're really called to this particular ministry. You know, these books are a great overview of what exactly is entailed with this. You know, is this something that really um, fits who I am, that I, I could give back to the church in this way? Um, when you've been doing it for a long time, sometimes it, it's easy to kind of fall into the trap of going through the motions. <laughs> yep. Um, you let the ritual become routine. Yep. Week to week. Yep. Um, even as a, a member of the assembly, we do that too, right? We know exactly what, what we have to do. But, you know, this kind of, I think that as a refresher, it kind of gives you that aha moment. Like, oh, right. This is what it's about. Yeah. This is how I recenter myself. You know, here's something just to, to, to talk about for a bit. So what do you think are characteristics what would be the kind of characteristics oh, to yeah. look for in um, in liturgical ministers, uh, or or um, characteristics to look for in people who might be considering liturgical ministry? That's a great question. So I'm going to let as you're thinking, Danielle, of things. I'm going to comment on something. So think of something <laughs> um, there because I, it is a great question because I'm actually in the process of editing uh, a new book that's going to somewhat complement the series. Um, and it is a little bit more robust on liturgical spirituality. And it's by Joyce Hans Zimmerman, who we've had on the show. Right. And what she's done in the back of the book, sort of in an appendix, is she's given a description of each of the ministries and listed different characteristics oh, wow. that should be discerned about that particular ministry and then some reflection questions and whatnot. So I think that's a great question. Um, I mean, one of the, the characteristics I always think of um, with with a lector, and this just because it sticks in my mind, is that that they speak. I, I don't. It's always hard to articulate this. Like they're gentle, they're kind. The way that they uh, communicate within the world, like there's there's a, a, a an authenticity is maybe oh, wow. the right word. Wow. Um, and the reason I say that is because one of the the stories, and I probably have shared this on the show before, but when I was at a workshop once with Joyce Anzerman. Um, 
we were doing a lecture training and there was a, I think I shared this, this little girl in the corner and her dad was being trained, but she was in the corner coloring. And Joyce was talking about, you know, lectors don't curse. They don't, uh, they don't berate people. You know, they don't. And she raised her hand. She's like, well, my dad yells at us all the time kind of a thing. <laughs> well, that's th- what, what that says to me is people are paying attention, young and old alike. And, oh, wow. and the lector, even outside the liturgy, is proclaiming the good news. So that, that's maybe a little more verbose than, than it should be. But <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I, I think, I think uh, I, it's not. I, I think that is accurate. I mean, we, we, we want to look for people who, who um, are joyful, we, uh, joyful Christians who love the liturgy, who have a sense of uh, the importance of the liturgy and a sense of liturgical prayer, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we, we want people who, um, uh, who, who are respectful, um, uh, and, and respect others. Danielle? Yeah. I mean, Timothy, you really summed it up with the word authenticity and, and, uh, we talked about transparency before, but is the person, um, are they a person of prayer? Um, is it somebody that, you know, you see that person and you're like, I want to be like him or her, you know, they really seem to understand what it means to be a Christian disciple. Um, they're leading people, ultimately they're a leader, you know, they're leading people to God, not to themselves. Um, I like that. Oh, wow. You know, practically they have to, I mean, they have to have the skills as well. And that that obviously the practical quality is in there as well. You you can't put a cantor up there who, who can't sing in tune. (laughs) Um, So that, that is definitely part of it. Um, But above all, loving the liturgy, loving people, loving the Lord, every, every, Liturgical minister is a minister of hospitality, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they hospitable? Because in in the end, every, that's part of all liturgical ministries. Right. I mean, I just think of, and again, maybe this is an exaggerated example, but that communion minister that then ignores the homeless person on the street, that communion minister who refuses uh you know, to donate to whatever particular cause, you know, there's just, they're irate about some event. Well, yeah. then maybe you're not called to this ministry because your ministry isn't just in the liturgy. It is about, now I, to say that though, my caveat is none of us are perfect. Right. Right. And so, and I think one of the things the guide does, our life of prayer does is we continue to challenge ourselves. We continue to look at and examine that Paschal mystery piece. We have to die to those parts within us that are not leading us to God, that are not helping us live this Christian life. And so, so maybe I am a communion minister and I recognize, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm not feeding the world, whatever that looks like for you, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean you should necessarily stop, but it means you should examine your ministry and your place in that ministry. And maybe it invites you then to a depth that you weren't expecting, uh, a new awareness of your ministry that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Danielle, you, you used the word um, a leader earlier. Um, it, it, disciple is another word that, uh, are, you know, yeah. all liturgical ministers should be disciples of Jesus. Um, right. You know, uh, and for as, as cliche-ish as this sounds, friends of Jesus, right, yeah. should have should have a a, a, a a solid, genuine relationship with Jesus. You're also, you know, as a, a person of invitation as well, because, you know, as a liturgical minister, 
my greatest joy in that is when I see people singing, right? When they open that hymnal and they're led to that and how, how do, how do I help invite or initiate that experience for them? And in Evangelii Gaudium, Pope Francis begins that document specifically talking about how everybody it's about an encounter with Christ and everybody is invited to that encounter and no one should ever feel excluded. So a liturgical minister has a great responsibility in making sure that nobody feels excluded. You know, I, I we've all had bad experiences and, you know, I, I, I had once where there was a first communion liturgy and we ran out of seats in the church and the extraordinary minister wouldn't give up the seat in the pew and kicked the guest out. You know, those are the, the those oh my. situations. Yeah. We have to be above that. And, and like you said, Timothy, no one's perfect, but we have to be able to invite. And, and but nobody's perfect, but we're called. We're called to grow, to be yep. more Christ-like, to live out of our baptism uh, in which we were remade images of Christ, right. uh, we're called to be Christ in the world, and and that means right. and that means and that means living as Christ did. That means talking the way Christ did. It's treating other people the way Christ did. It's having the relationship with the Father that Christ did. It's that's that that's what all that means. So we've been we've been talking about liturgical ministry, and in the second half of the show, we've been uh, particularly focusing on the liturgical ministry series published by Liturgy Training Publication. Uh, It's a part, uh, as I said, we have been trying to standardize training for liturgical ministers here in the Archdiocese the last number of years, and we we are asking all training to make use of these guides. Um, They're they're solid. Um, they, They do a wonderful job of tending to both the theology and spirituality of liturgy and this particular liturgical ministry, whatever the book, the guide is for, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, some of the, the practicalities of them. The, the I've used the um, guide for lectors in training lectors, and I love I love the um, the the uh, skills part that talks you know that addresses things like breathing and mm-hmm. pausing and emphasis and all those aspects that are part of public proclamation, um, but. It does that after it addresses the theology and the spirituality of of that ministry. Danielle Noe, thank you so much for being back on Focus on the Liturgy, talking about these series. Remember, (laughs) uh, more information, www.ltp.org. And the number? Uh, Oh, I never, oh my gosh, Danielle, the number. Uh, (laughs) 1-800-933-1800. I'm so terrible. Uh, Thanks, Danielle. (laughs) Thanks to our listeners. We will be back on the fourth Wednesday of next month. Until then, God bless everyone. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.